0: An ironic media production, visit us at ironick All
1: right, welcome back to the Stark Transformation Show. I'm your host, Amy Stark. If this podcast has been broadcasting healing vibes into your life, please follow on Apple and Spotify and leave a review. Your review helps other people find this podcast and the transformations continue. And don't forget to share this podcast with anyone you think will benefit. Let's heal together.
0: Those limiting beliefs, they show up in so many different forms, whether it's about who we are or what we're doing in our career or business or how you're handling your money or how you're showing up in relationship or how you're dealing with conflict. So many different ways. But as you said, if you step back and you looked at it on a screen without the emotional charge to it, like, oh, it's just numbers. Oh, it's just a conversation. That's not hard. It's the emotional charges that we carry around in our bodies that are locked into our nervous system that create the, the blinders.
1: Welcome to the Stark Transformation Show. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this show, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears and become the best version of you. You'll hear incredible stories of transformation and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for well over a decade. My connection with energy is so strong and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started all right today on the podcast i have michelle molitor and i am excited to talk to her about imposter syndrome she is an expert in the field helping executives and entrepreneurs overcome mental and physical and emotional blocks keeping them from their success. This is going to be an exciting conversation. She's a hypnotherapist. She has awesome resources on her webpage that are for free. So you can find out if your self-doubt is getting in your way and what you can do about it. So she also has five archetypes that are around self-doubt. And I'm excited to hear what those five archetypes are because I've never heard of them before. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Amy. I'm delighted to be here with you. Happy Friday. Yeah, I know. I was just saying how excited I was on this Friday. So how did you get into this work before we get started and what imposter syndrome is?
0: In my former life, my former career, I was a creative director in web development. I had gotten pick, pack, and shipped from Atlanta to San Francisco at the height of the dot-com boom, original boom back in 2000 to head this team at a global startup. It was a very exciting time and I was hiring and building out my team and hired some very smart people, two of which who made it abundantly clear very early on that they didn't like working for a woman, thought they were smarter than me and told me so to my face. Wow. And at that time, I didn't have the, the chutzpah and the wherewithal that I do now. And I very much was a deer in the headlights about it. And it became an unraveling it ultimately led to me getting fired within the the first year of being there. And it was crushing. It created a massive case of imposter syndrome for me. I was like, wow, what do I do now? And I was so fearful of like handing my resume to anyone. I was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's when I discovered coaching. My uncle was like, why don't you hire a career coach? I'm like, a what, what? It's like, yeah, there are these things called career coaches now. I was like, okay, great. Where do I find one of those? (laughs) So through the magic of the Google machine, I found my first coach. And in the process of being coached, Amy, I discovered my true calling and purpose. It was like all the cells in my body came into alignment and my higher self was like, yes, this, not that, (laughs) (laughs) right? So I went on to get trained and certified and started my company, Nectar Consulting, back in 2001. And it's been a joyride ever since with lots of twists and turns and ups and downs, of course. But I've been a learning junkie all along that path of what makes people tick Mm. and why do some people have confidence and other people don't? And how do you recover your confidence when it's been shattered and splattered all over the floor like mine was? And so I started delving into neuroscience to better understand what makes us tick and why our brains do what they do and why. my brother, insanely confident, and I wasn't, right? We grew up in the same household. I don't understand. That led me to discovering this particular flavor of hypnotherapy called rapid transformational therapy six or seven years ago now. And in the process of experiencing RTT for myself and having it creating some powerful deep shifts within a matter of weeks. After 20 years of trying to move some of these blocks of my own out of the way and have them like gone. I was like, whoa, okay. So I went on to get trained and certified in RTT and very quickly saw how combining hypnotherapy and coaching together is super powerful because it enables me to now work with clients, both at a conscious level, 10% of your brain and a subconscious level. 90% of your brain. So when you can use your whole brain to release the emotional residue from old beliefs and traumas and past hurts out of your system and replace them, rewire your brain with new empowering beliefs, it really creates these quantum leaps in people's success in a very short period of time. So it's really fun.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I think it is really fun when we can transform really fast. And I like how you referred to it as residue instead of trauma. I think that's a great word to use because it really is. Trauma is very charged. The word is charged itself, you know, and residue is less so it's sort of just like it is what it is. It's just there, you know, so I like that. That was a that was a good distinction there. I often wondered myself, why does this person have confidence and this one doesn't? You know, and I sometimes am like, well, is it birth order? Is it this? Is it that? You know, and it's so interesting figuring out what makes people tick and, and what creates the personality, you know, based on who they are and what they've experienced. So now we know why you were struggling with imposter syndrome. Why don't you actually just share exactly what imposter syndrome is? Just in case anybody out there is like, I don't really understand. Imposter syndrome
0: is a prevalent and persistent feeling that I'm not as smart as people think I am. Despite someone's expertise, years of experience, accolades in their field, they still think that I don't know as much as they, they, they think I do. I feel like I'm a fraud. I'm going to get found out. And it creates a small, medium and large (laughs) persistent level of anxiety in your nervous system, Mm. which can create panic attacks, keep you up at night, have you procrastinate or avoid particular things at work in different ways. And 25 to 30% of high achieving professionals deal with imposter syndrome at some point in their career. And 70% of adults have experienced imposter syndrome at some point in their life. So it happens a lot. We've given it this nice term, imposter syndrome, which people can relate to. And you can kind of think of it as this thing over there that someone has. But what's underneath it, what I found through all my research and and practice over the last 20 years is it's really a nice way of speaking to our self-doubt.
1: Mm -hmm. Our self-doubt
0: in ourselves and our belief in ourselves and our abilities in different ways, shapes and forms. And so that research has led me to identifying five self-doubt archetypes because I've I've realized that we all have self-doubt in these different ways, but they manifest and they, and it looks differently in different people because of their own life experiences. And so by pulling it apart, we're able to create greater understanding about it. So just like you've probably heard of the the five love languages yes mm-hmm. yeah and so just like we all have those five love languages within us and and there's typically one or two that are most predominant it's the same I found with the self-doubt archetypes we've probably experienced all five of them in different ways but there's one or two that are the prevalent drivers of our self-doubt that keep us hiding out keeping us shielded you know with our invisibility cloak on so we'd don't really allow our authentic self to shine more fully.
1: Mm. So what are they? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Got you on the edge of your
1: seat. I I love it. I want to (laughs) know. (laughs)
0: So the five self-doubt archetypes are, there's the procrastinating perfectionist. Mm, And this is someone, (laughs) (laughs) they will procrastinate and overwork something until they can get it just perfect, right? Mm -hmm. Before putting it out there for anyone else to judge, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. We have the shapeshifter. These are the folks who are masterful at juggling multiple roles to please others because they've They oftentimes have grown up in an abusive or a narcissistic household. Mm -hmm. And so it's just their way of protecting themselves, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. We have the reluctant resistor. These are your folks who were too afraid to be seen or judged or rejected for their own work. So they're reluctant to take on new projects or they do it a little, you know, reluctantly for fear of failure, we have the anxious avoider. And these are folks who were so afraid of being rejected for not knowing enough or not having enough or not having all the answers that they don't ask for help, right? Mm. I'll just do it all by myself. This is, this is my number one. I'll just do it all by myself, right? Because then I can figure it out and no one can, can judge me or make me wrong for it. Not that that doesn't happen, but... Right. And then the last one is the fearful follower, these are the folks who just they don't trust their own instincts, they don't trust their own intuition. And so they will follow other people's advice instead of trusting their own gut instincts and expertise to their own detriment, right? Even though they're an expert, they will just be like, oh no. And they'll they'll follow others and and hide in the shadows, essentially. So they're not asking for what they're worth. They're not stepping into the light and claiming what's rightfully theirs.
1: Wow. All those definitely seem familiar. (laughs) I've either used all of them or experienced them to some degree. Some I could definitely say I've used more than others. Okay. A lot of that seems to go under perfectionism, but that was the first one. So it's interesting that you've differentiated these so that it just kind of seems like when we're perfectionists, you know, we want to please everybody. So that goes in the second one. And then the, the fifth one was um, it, the, oh, the fearful following. follower. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So you you go along and you're like, I don't want to rock the boat because I don't want people to get angry with me or whatever. And and then, and then the two in the middle, what were those two again? You've got the procrastinating perfectionist,
0: the shapeshifter, the reluctant resister, the anxious avoider, and the fearful
1: follower. Yeah. Anxious avoider. <laughs> Yeah, I mean these are all so great. So how do we av- well avoid being one of these <laughs> <laughs> actively uh go after these things and and not have them destroying our lives?
0: Well, the first, the very first step is noticing. Noticing what's the internal dialogue that you're having with yourself, Amy? What's the negative looping thought that is having you feel anxious, like starting to tune into your whole body, right? We tend to operate from our head up. Mm-hmm. So when you start to tune into your whole body, like, wow, okay, I'm feeling some stress on my shoulders, maybe my low back, maybe I've got a knot in my gut, whatever that is. And tuning into this stress, tuning into the negative thought that's happening simultaneously, just creating that awareness helps start to shine a little bit of light onto it. And then asking yourself, well, is that is that looping thought really true? Mm. Is that really what's happening or am I making an assumption? Because as you know, when you make assumptions, it can make an ass out of you and me. <laughs>
1: yeah, my mom <laughs> right? used to say so, that all the time.
0: Right? <laughs> so I try really hard not to make assumptions, right. but we get those Those spinning thoughts, they can just go round and around and around. It's taking time to write it down.
1: Right. They, I mean, they Uh, feel like you're on loop. Oh yeah. It's the, it's the uh, proverbial
0: hamster wheel, right?
1: Yeah. 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 Or chasing his tail.
0: (laughs) Or a cat. (laughs) A cat likes to chase his tail in the the bathtub. I don't know why. that's funny. Only in the bathtub.
1: (laughs) Wow. Anyway, it's an
0: (laughs) (laughs) Noticing it by writing it down, right? Getting it out of your head. And putting it down on paper in front of you, physically writing it down. I know pen and paper, it's so old school, but mm. try it. It's worth it because there's a, there's a power when you actually do that. And then having it in front of you and noticing what, how it's feeling in your body, then ask yourself, what's the exact positive opposite of that negative looping thought? What might be one negative looping thought that you have from time to time, Amy? Amy?
1: Oh, <laughs> man. I feel like I've been working on so much this summer. Uh, let me see. Um, my information isn't in getting out to enough people. Okay. There's, a, there's more people that need to know it than is receiving it. And I worry that it won't get there. So how does it make you feel when you think that thought? Like I'm gonna throw
0: up. <laughs> okay. And where do you feel the throw up feeling? In my stomach. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Noxious, Great. Really? Right. And when you think that thought and you have that feeling, what does it make you believe about yourself?
1: That I'm not doing a good enough job of getting it out there.
0: Yeah. So I'm not good enough in some way, shape or form. I'm not checking the boxes. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. Right. Mm-hmm. That creates that level of stress and tension in your whole body. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay.
1: I, you're so, I, you're accessing my, my subconscious. I can feel it right now. There's <laughs> somebody That's going in back here. I can feel it. It's magic fingers.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so Now, what's the exact positive opposite of that negative thought?
1: Is that I I am reaching everybody that I need to be reaching, which is the truth.
0: Yeah. And when you think that thought, how does that feel?
1: Amazing. My heart expands. Yeah.
0: And when you're operating from that heart expanding place, what's possible?
1: Everything. Yeah. So True love is what I heard, but yeah. Okay. True love. I like that. That's a great answer, you know, for myself and others and the whole experience. Yeah. And so in a span of two minutes,
0: we went from, I'm not doing enough. I'm not sending, getting my word out. And it makes me feel like I want to throw up to, I am doing enough. I am getting out what I need to get to the perfect people who are ready to receive it. And it feels expansive and loving. Mm -hmm. So which do you want to choose a or B? (laughs) Right. Yeah. B, obviously. Right. And so it's it's that simple, but not necessarily easy. I actually just published an article, a new article on LinkedIn called How the Power of Your Perspective Can Change Your Life. Mm-hmm. And I take people through that simple exercise, essentially, in that article. It's just about noticing and listening to our bodies because your body has so much information to share with you. If you just tune in mm-hmm. and listen, Like, why is my shoulder up in my ear, right? Why is my back so sore? Why am I suffering from IBS or chronic migraines or psoriasis or whatever it might be? It's a reaction to not always, but oftentimes a belief system that we have in place at a subconscious level Mm -hmm. that our body has taken on and is manifesting physically, Mm-hmm. So, when you can start to change the belief structures that are hardwired in your subconscious, thanks to your amygdala, I call I her Amy. Amy's I know, your amygdala. I
1: didn't like that. I, I, <laughs> sorry. sorry. But it's okay. I do actually know somebody named Amy G. So I, yeah, I, I've seen that before. Is her I, name Amy G. Dalla? <laughs> no, I know, right? That would be crazy. So the, we're talking about the amygdala. And so that's the fear center in the brain. And I've always, it actually, to be honest, is what caught my attention because it was, it said Amy. And it, <laughs> long ago when I started studying the mind, I was like, oh, what's this thing about? I know you call her Amy. <laughs>
0: Actually, a client called her Amy once. I'm like, oh, I'm so taking that. (laughs) Thank
1: you. (laughs) Makes it easier, you know, and also makes it less scary because it's like, see how friendly I am? Right. Absolutely. And you know, brain science, neuroscience can be a little nerdy
0: and a little intimidating. And so I like to make it more relatable and fun.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Everything that you're saying is so important. And I love that you talk about how important it is to pay attention to the symptoms that you're having, that there's a reason for them to not just discard them or try to erase them or take something to, you know, numb them forever. You know, they're there for a reason. It's it's giving you good information. And I don't know if you've ever used this before, but I recommend people taking a look at Louise Hayes app. She has an app. I don't I hope it's still available. But yeah. you can actually put in the symptom and then see what the limiting belief is. <laughs> yeah, I got yeah? it on
0: my phone too. <laughs> right. I mean
1: it's just it's like the cheat code for figuring out what you're going through and why and what you can do about it. So it says what your belief is and how to change it. I mean, how cool is that? So Louise Hayes was awesome. She passed, but she left a, a huge mark on this world, especially in the health and wellness world. So she did indeed. Yeah, she really helped to connect how the mind and the body are connected. And so it was worth, worth looking into as well. I'm interested in hypnotherapy. Where along the lines did this come into play where you were like, okay, I think you said you had experienced a fast shift in just five weeks, I think it was. And it was actually like three weeks. Three weeks. It was really ridiculously short. I discovered this
0: particular form of hypnotherapy. There's different models and different teachers out there. This is called rapid transformational therapy. It's a unique blend that combines hypnosis with cognitive behavioral therapy with neuro-linguistic programming. I weave in somatics into it as well. It's a very holistic approach. And it's it's simply just taking someone into a, re- a very relaxed alpha brainwave state. It's that half awake, half asleep place that we all go into every single day. So when you're just waking up in the morning, mm-hmm. when you're just about to fall asleep, Have you ever experienced driving your car from point A to point B and your mind's focusing on the laundry, the groceries, the promo that I have to send out, all that, and you magically show up at the place that you went to, Mm -hmm. right? Your subconscious mind was doing all the driving for you. Mm -hmm. That's a state of hypnosis, actually, Mm -hmm. right? Taking you into that place, it gives me access to have a conversation with your subconscious mind, which as I said, is 90% of your brain power. All the emotions, all the things that have ever happened to you are neatly stored in the files in your subconscious. We don't remember them all Mm -hmm. for various reasons. And so in this process, I'm able to, to ask a client, so what's at the root cause of this belief? I'm not enough. I'm not lovable. I'm not worthy. And The perfect information, the memories, the events will bubble up to the surface so we can look at them objectively, almost as if you're in a movie theater looking at it on the screen. Oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes it's an event that happened when we were younger. And so you can look at that event and go, oh, I can see why I would believe that about myself because my mom, my dad, my siblings, a teacher, somebody said to me, well, who are you? You're not good enough. And as children, we're sponges, our brains literally are sponges and they just take in all this data and we don't have the ability to discern between, well, that's not true. Of course, I'm enough. Right. We just go, oh, well, my mom said it, it must be true. Or my dad said it, it must be true. Mm-hmm. So in this relaxed state, we're able to discern what's an old belief and replace it. With a new belief, neutralizing the emotional charge, the emotional residue around those events, calming your nervous system, and then literally starting to rewire new neural pathways in your brain with new beliefs, new coping strategies, new strategies for success. And part of that process, I'm I'm creating a customized recording for my clients based on their particular issues needs challenges and i i mix that with binaural beat music and you you get that recording and you listen to it every night for 30 mm. days as you drift off to sleep because yeah. your brain's always listening mm-hmm. right so the repetition of that just like listening to a song on the radio you know the words from 20 years ago. I know, right? isn't that crazy? <laughs> right? It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. So we're replacing old beliefs. I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. I'm not worthy with, I am enough. I believe in myself. I can stand confidently in who I am and ask for what I need. And it just, it's like paving over a, a dusty old bumpy dirt road with a super slick piece of asphalt. And it makes it for much smoother, easier way for you to show up in your day-to-day life with greater confidence and calm and ease.
1: Right. Living from your truth, not your trauma. Yes. Ooh, I like that. Write that one down. (laughs) (laughs) I was looking at my own imposter syndrome history. (laughs) If you will. And it's interesting how sometimes there is that imposter syndrome around podcasting, you know, because it's only two years that I've been doing it. But whereas healing, I've done it for 16 years or around that. So it's like, clearly, I, I have no imposter syndrome left about that. I've worked through that like, as you know, like crazy. But then when, when I sat down to look at what we were doing, I'm like, oh, imposter syndrome, I've gone through that. I've noticed I said, I've gone through that. So like, I thought, oh, it's done. <laughs> and then when you're trying to I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Oh, I see the next level of this human evolution that I'm going through is like, is this new imposter syndrome issue or whatever? I mean, it's not, it's not huge or anything, but it's there. I, I didn't even see it. Yeah. So you start yeah. talking about it. So it's interesting to, to, to see how it can change. Like as you change, you know, like yes. careers. Well, I- so here's a, t- a true story. I got the idea to
0: birth a course in 2021. So I'm like, I'm going to build a course on imposter syndrome. Yes. Okay. So I I start typing it all out. I outlined it all out and then smack. Oh, I'm stuck. What do I do? I look squirrel. Oh, right. And that went on for months. And so I did some work. I moved that block out of the way and I hired some brilliant people to help me start building out this course. So it was very ironic that. I got stuck in my own imposter syndrome about creating my course about imposter syndrome, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I love it, but it was beautiful fodder for the whole process. And for the material that then is even far more expansive right. than it was. So it, it, as you said, it shows up as we, as we stretch and expand our comfort zone into new places. Mm-hmm. The key here to know is not that it's going to disappear, but how you, respond versus react to it and how quickly you can move it out of the way again. Yeah,
1: right. Because, you know, when I look at the truth of the matter, there really isn't a leg to stand on there. I hear from people all the time how great the podcast is and how great at podcasting I am. And that I finally found something that even more suits me than even healing, you know, where that they thought that suited me. And even when I was a teacher, people were like, I can't believe you're leaving teaching. You're such a great teacher. But like I didn't leave teaching, really. I continue to teach still, but just I don't teach high school students anymore. It's just interesting how we keep getting these next levels handed to us. I mean, probably because both you and I have a agreement with the universe to always keep challenging us to uplevel us, to raise our vibration, to kick out those subconscious blocks, to become the most authentic self possible. I mean, a lot of people wouldn't sit on a podcast talking about <laughs> their fear of the podcast, not making it out to people, right? Like, you know, you have to have some level of non-judgment and love for the process and the, per. you know, me, my, my myself, or exactly. you talking about you writing a course, of course, you're going to have to go through the imposter syndrome to write a course. But we think, no, 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 I'm obviously through that. And that's why I'm writing a course. But it's like, the universe is like, no, 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 this is the next level. So I love it. I love, I love, we're all just trying to figure it out as we go doing the best we can with what we have when we have it. The judgment that we place on ourselves or other people just really limits the communication and the the connection that we can have. You know, if we could just yeah. let go of that, we can really see each other for who we are, which is these beautiful authentic beings really trying to shine our light in this world. And we have these dumb subconscious blocks that we created long ago keeping us from doing that. So when you look at it very neutrally like that, you're like, oh, that's all I gotta do is just get rid of those, and then I could be my authentic self. Great. <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. And those limiting beliefs, they show up in so many different forms, whether it's about who we are or what we're doing in our career or our business or how you're handling your money or how you're showing up in relationship or how you're dealing with conflict. So many different ways. But as you said, if you step back and you looked at it on a screen without the emotional charge to it, like, oh, it's just numbers. Oh, it's just a conversation that's not hard. It's the emotional charges that we carry around in our bodies that are locked into our nervous system that create the the blinders. Oh, I can't, I don't know what you're talking about, right? Because we get caught in this myopic vision. Part of this is just really shifting your perspective, taking off the blinders to see all the other things that are absolutely available to you if you just release the fear. And it's, Retraining your nervous system that's key. An event, good, bad, or ugly, that happened to you at a young age, it lands and it sticks there at a cellular level. And then we move through the world with that belief in place to stay safe. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes it's not even our beliefs, it's the beliefs that have been put onto us Mm -hmm. by family members or caregivers, or even the generational trauma that has been passed down if you think for just a minute, what might've been the traumas that your mother went through or your grandmother or your great grandmother, Mm -hmm. science shows us that generational trauma gets passed on at least three generations, if not seven. Right. And if not even
1: more, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It could even be more.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's pretty mind boggling when you think when a woman is pregnant, all of her emotions, all of that energy, all of those hormones and cortisol and all of that is running through the life of the of the unborn child, good, bad, or ugly. And if that child's pre-birth experience isn't positive, they carry all of that with them into their lifetime until they become conscious to it and then They either eliminate it or they continue to pass it on. So a big part of my work is really helping people eliminate those old traumas out of their system and filling that void with new healing, light, love, beliefs about themselves, their self-worth that is empowering and moves them forward and allows them to really blossom and shine in their lives.
1: When you really think about it, you were in your mom. And if you're a female, you had eggs that were being developed at that time, so your child also has been inside your own mom, so the grandmother. <laughs> so that's another reason why this it can be imprinted. I mean, it's just energy that's being imprinted. Essentially, these chemicals and hormones create energy, and that energy is felt. Exactly. Um, yeah, and it, what I was just thinking, how beautiful that is, though, in a way, because I mean, it's a, it's a detriment to women. <laughs> But they are usually willing to look at it, right? Women are more likely to embrace their emotions and try to process them and, and connect with them and talk about them and things like that. Thankfully, that is helpful to releasing some of that generational trauma. So yes. I just thought that was kind of neat. Maybe, maybe that was done by or obviously done by a design. Because, you know, when you think about a man, the male aspect uh, from what I've read is that the, the, obviously the sperm goes, but the tail detaches. So that's where all that previous energy was around the information around the male, meaning his experiences, not he's delivering the genetic material, but the nature part is on the tail and it's gone. Whatever. We could talk about this forever. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We could sit and talk for hours. I think it is really fascinating. Yeah. So back to hypnosis and programming, what do you think is the number one thing that we could do right now today to change our lives?
0: I always like to tell people, rewire your brain, think new thoughts, and your life will follow.
1: That's beautiful. Do you have anything else you want to share with everybody? I know that you have two quizzes, right? I got got so many goodies. I got all this stuff. So you can easily just go
0: to my website, michellemolitor.com. Go to the brain candy section. And there's some free eBooks there for you. One is, Do You Have Imposter Syndrome? Six Triggers That Are Crushing Your Confidence. I have a free self-doubt quiz so you can identify what your self-doubt archetypes are and learn how to move past them. I've got a free masterclass called taming your self doubt and a wonderful new online course called how to become unshakable not free but amazing and it's a it's a 7 week online course that you go at your own pace to really reclaim your confidence and stand in your value and worth as you overcome your self doubt
1: i love that because when we're unshakable we are resilient we can just stand up even if people have things that they want to say to us, it does not matter because you know who you are working on the innards. Everything that's in there is going to help us to become unshakable. And I I think that's fantastic that you've called it unshakable because that's what we need. We need to be unshakable. We need to be, especially those that are listening to the podcast are usually on a mission to find out who they are and, and share their light with the world. And we cannot be swayed by, how others feel about what we're doing. We have to just stay focused, you know, the best. Other people's
0: opinions of you are none of your business.
1: Right. I totally, (laughs) yeah. You know, I recently read how there's like millions of opinions of who you are out there, you know, like when you really think about it, there really are. I mean, everybody has a different interpretation of of their experience with you. Like, how are we ever going to control that? I know oftentimes we try to. Right.
0: That will keep you up at night trying to figure that out. Right. No, thank you.
1: Definitely a limiting belief to be released. Yes, Um, sleep is a beautiful thing. (laughs) Oh, I know. Sleep is so necessary for especially for even when you're doing this work, you know, there is a lot of toxins and a lot of things that are released and that need to be processed and let go through sleep. So I, I definitely focus a lot on that. Michelle, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast.
0: Really a joy talking with you, Amy. Thank you so much. And if anyone's ever interested about the rapid rewiring work that I do, I'm happy to have a complimentary discovery call with you. You can go to my website to book a call. We can see if now is the right time for you to move those limiting beliefs out of your way.
1: Oh, that sounds awesome. (laughs) I could use that. We'll talk, darling.